talking about proclaiming your future and, and literally talking about our words, how that our words matter, how that our words can literally proclaim and, and set us up for our future that God has for us. In Ephesians chapter 1, it literally talks about how before the creation, the foundation of this world, that God had planned your life. God had set things in your life. God's giftings, everything that you are, that God set it up before the foundation of the world. So what I'm saying to you with that is that there is no way you can mess it up. You can't mess it up. God did it. God didn't do it because you were good. God didn't do it because you were bad. God didn't do it. God did it because that's out of him. Out of God, you were created in his image. And because you're created in his image, you have specific personalities. My wife and I are meeting with uh, uh, quite a few groups now, and uh, we, we take them through a personality test. And, and uh, in essence, not to uh, look at their personality and say, see who you are and what you need to change. No, we're really trying to cheerlead what God did, God created you, he gifted you. Who you are is something very special. If you're quiet, if you're boisterous, whatever it is, you all are led of the Holy Spirit of God. And that's why we are talking now regarding our words, what we say, is that God has given us tools to be able to succeed in life. And so the last few weeks, we've been talking about uh, not only words, but we've been talking about the language of heaven, and now we're diving into heaven's baptism, which is so vital to our walk with God. Last week, we talked about three baptisms, the baptism in salvation, being baptized into the body of Christ. You, who you are as an individual, are part of a whole, the body of Christ. You are gifted. You're not the, the whole body of Christ, you are part. You are in Christ. And so Christ is the only one that literally had all personality, had all of the blessings of each individual personality because he did not have sin. And because of that, now we are in Christ. Your gifting, who you are, your personality is vital. And I hate it when I hear the world trying to dismantle who you are and telling you you need to be confused. There's something different. The reason why you have wrong things happen in your life because it's, it's really about who you are. You need to change. And let, let us tell you how you need to be, how you need to think. And I want to tell you that's a bunch of malarkey. And that's a word that I can use in church. So the baptism and salvation being baptized in the body of Christ. Then we talked about the baptism in water. And I touched on it. I brought you the truth of baptism in water. But now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you today the power of water baptism. And September 15th, we are literally going to have water baptism during our Sunday morning services. Both services and even the Spanish service we're going to have water baptism on the 15th. And then we talked about the baptism in the Spirit. Also, we found that after being born again, to walk in the Holy Spirit's power, you need to be water baptized, 
and you need or must be baptized in the Holy Spirit to walk in the fullness of this power. Now, some of you who are not baptized in the Spirit, you're sitting there and you're thinking, I've tried this thing, I don't understand this thing, and so does that mean that I, I can't accomplish what God's called me to do? I am telling you, yes, you can, but I am saying to you that this is a gift that if you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit in you. It is a gift given to you to empower you in your life. And it is something that you need to seek, whether it takes you a second or 10 years or 20 years to do this. We need to understand this is a vital thing that God has given us to be able to walk in power. So now Jesus is our example and we found that he didn't need to be born again because why? Jesus was born right the first time. He was born of the Holy Spirit, so he wasn't born in sin. He did not have a sin nature. He was perfect. Jesus also, we found, was water baptized, our example. He also was baptized in the Spirit. In John 1, verse 32, this is from the last couple of weeks. And John bore witness saying, I saw the Spirit, notice capital S, Holy Spirit, descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained upon him. Notice, he remained upon Jesus. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So we find he's the example, we now find that he does all three, and now we find that he baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus came out of the water, the Holy Spirit ascended on him like a dove and then remained. That was the first time that happened. In the Old Testament, you see the anointing of the Holy Spirit coming upon kings and priests and prophets, and then he would leave. But here, Jesus, he came upon him and remain. So the Holy Spirit baptism is when he comes upon you and then remains. Now, watch this. When you're born again, he resides in you. Your spirit is brand new. Your spirit has no sin. Again, it's the other part of your heart, your soul, that you struggle with that is not born again. And you have to renew your mind to the Word. You have to work at that daily. Sometimes you do the things you don't want to do and the things you don't, you know, want to do that you, you know, it's just constant. Every time it's that battle that's going on. But God has given us the Holy Spirit to really help us and to uh, bring us into the things that God has for us and His plans. So the Holy Spirit then, baptism, is when He comes upon you and then he remains, that anointing remains. He just doesn't come on you and leave, come on you and leave, come on you and leave. He is there and that power is there 24-7 in your life. And that is the passion of what a believer should have. Now, uh, turn to Acts chapter 1, and what we're going to do is we're going to dive into uh, a real understanding of water baptism and Holy Spirit baptism, and where the, the, the Holy Spirit uh, baptizes you with power. So in verse 4, it says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, 
you have heard from me. Now, he said here, wait for the promise of the Father. Jesus then explains, um, next in what we read, he explains what this promise is. All right, because there's a battle out there that the Holy Spirit is not for today. There's a battle there because some people have difficulty. Remember, we found a lot of times the difficulty of being baptized in the Holy Spirit is because our words have condemned it. Our words have spoken against it. And so our words are so important that we begin to speak what the Word of God says and not what man says or religious people say. So we are to wait for the promise of the Father. Verse 5, for John, Jesus says, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Drop down to verse 18. And I'm not trying to hide anything in verse 6 through 17. Amen. I've, I've heard that. Well, well, you didn't read the whole. I'm not hiding anything. Go ahead and read it because it's just flowing with the same thought. Verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go there, therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, so be it. Now, what we call this passage is the Great Commission. How many of you believe in the Great Commission? Going out and making disciples, amen, and baptizing them. I believe in the Great Commission. The disciples... Literally, others and water baptism then is the Great Commission, but these are not Jesus' last words. A lot of people teach this is what the last word that Jesus says before he ascends and sits on the right hand of the Father is to go and make disciples of every nation. Those are not the last words. In Luke 24 and Acts chapter 1, because of time, you, can, you have that in your notes, um, and you read that later. Luke's, Luke 24 and Acts 1 are actually the last words of Jesus. Again, most people say Jesus' last words were go and disciple. Jesus' last words were to stay. Jesus' last words were to stay and get power of the Holy Spirit, and once you do, then you go. Luke 24, 49, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Stay until you get the promise. I'm saying to you today, stay until you get the promise. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare say, well, maybe it's not for today. Maybe it's not for me. It is there. It is a gift. It is given. And God is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't give it to one and not another. If you ask, it's yours to have. The promise is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That is a promise. He said, stay and tarry until you get it. As we explained last week, the three baptisms, I want you to see them now working in the book of Acts. What we're going to find out is that this happened all the time in Scripture. 
I'm actually going to take you back in the Old Testament today, and I'm going to show you that it happened in the Old Testament. All three baptisms. Acts 2, verse 37, Peter preaching. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now, what shall we do? See the three baptisms here. Then Peter said to them, repent, that's salvation, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus, of Jesus Christ for the remission or the canceling of debt of sins. That speaks of water baptism. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, that's spirit baptism. Repent, be baptized, baptize in the Holy Spirit. Now, remember, in this, Jesus called the baptism in the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 1, the promise. Everyone say the promise. Is God a liar? Verse 39, for the promise, what is the promise? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you, and that's it. It's not for anybody else. Is that what it says? The promise is to you only for those that are in leadership in the church. Is that what it says? No. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call, speaking of salvation. Now, we are the far off. Some might be a little bit more far off than others. But we are the far off. It's your promise to. It's yours to have. Look at Acts chapter 8. A revival is taking place. Acts 8 verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip hearing and seeing miracles, which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was great joy in the city. There should be great joy in this church. Verse 12. But when they believed salvation... Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized, speaks of water baptism. Verse 14, now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. Why? Because something didn't happen yet. Who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit baptism. They sent the dudes to go make sure that this happened. Why? Because this is vital for your walk. This is vital for the power of God, for your business, for your jobs, for your marriage. Everything that you have in your life, this is vital for you. Verse 16, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. 
And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, they heard and saw that it took place, the tongues, he offered them money. Isn't that funny? That he wanted to pay for something that was free. Acts chapter 19, here it is again, verse 1 through 6. This is many years after Acts chapter 2. And it happened, verse 1, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, it's, I'm sorry. The Holy Spirit is no longer because that was only Acts chapter 2. I've heard people on the radio and on TV teach that. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Oh, no, 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 no. What church are you in? You're in the Baptist church? Oh, we don't, we don't believe in that. You're in this church? Oh, we don't believe in that. No. He didn't ask what church you go to. He didn't ask what religion you are in. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, watch this, how quickly this truth disappears. They said, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And that's what some people will do. We have heard there's no such thing. You know, we haven't even heard of this Holy Spirit. And can you imagine there in Jerusalem, the power of Acts chapter 2 and all that happened, people from all over the world of that day, and they go home to their homes, and a, quite a few years after Acts chapter 2, it's not even talked about. I have walked in churches that are, quote, full gospel. You can't even tell the Holy Spirit is even there. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. All right, that's, that's salvation. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now, they were, they were of the devil, because, you know, that stuff's of the devil now. Because when, when, when you hear that stuff, that weird stuff, you know, that's of the devil. Well, no, it's not. So we see here the three baptisms. Verse 4, what we just read, repentance, salvation. Verse 5, baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus, water baptism. And verse 6, Holy Spirit baptism. Are you seeing that every move of God, every story in the Bible it is salvation, water baptism, and Holy Spirit baptism. Every time. Every time. Verse 6, And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues, and they prophesied. Now, let's just slow down a little bit. And the Bible is literal, but there are also symbols and what, the, what we call figurative types that you see in Scripture, that is, is as we look back, we see symbols of 
the three baptisms. So in 1 John 5, 7, it says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, who is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There are three that bear witness in heaven. We call them the Trinity, and they are one, one God and three personalities. So what do they bear witness to? The answer is they bear witness to the supernatural. Verse 8 says this, And there are three that bear witness on earth. And there are three that bear witness on earth. The spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. Spirit, water, and the blood. Now follow me. Stay with me. Don't, don't shut me out. You know, don't, don't uh, go off and think about your lunches burning at home. When you get saved, you become a new person, and you're on your way to heaven. When you get water baptized, the old man is cut off in the water of baptism. Romans 6, Colossians 2 said, says, God does a cutting of the flesh a work in your heart. Now I know this is this doctrinal, this is deep stuff. But I want you to, I want to now show you about the kingdom of God that's in you. And the power and the anointing that you have in spite of your personality. Because we all have faults, don't we? But the reality is, who you are, what God created, he has given you the kingdom of God. He has given you the ability and the gift of the Spirit to be able to walk in victory and to allow the flesh to be cut off. To allow the flesh to be totally cut off. Now, the flesh is there, but it's cut off. Let's see this in Scripture. Turn to John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus. Jesus answered and said to him, Most surely I say to you, unless one is born again. In other words, Nicodemus is asking about this salvation thing. He cannot see the kingdom of God. In other words, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the, king, the kingdom of God. Notice it says in that scripture, he cannot see. The kingdom of God. Why I'm, uh, I'm saying that because when we get to another scripture, I'm going to show you the power of what water baptism and baptism of the Holy Spirit does for you. So this verse speaks of getting born again and going to heaven. Is it possible? The kingdom of God represents spiritually an overcoming life of a believer. Yes. When he says, when you become born again, he cannot see, the, unless he's born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
So I'm going to do some wordsmithing here. I'm going to, I'm going to just so that you see literally what Jesus is saying. So the kingdom of God represents spiritually an overcoming life of a believer. The word kingdom is two words, king, dominion, king, dominion. It means the king's dominion. So the kingdom of God is in you. The king's dominion is in you. Are you following me? So watch this. The disciples asked Jesus, where is the kingdom of God? And Jesus answered, the kingdom of God is within you. The king has dominion over you. Now, let's read John 3.3 again. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Let's be on the opposite side of what it's saying. If you get born again, then you can see the overcoming life but he didn't say you can enter it. I'm going to say that again. Follow me. I've given you a lot of information. The opposite here says, most surely, let's read the scripture again. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The opposite of saying that is if you get born again, you can see, see the overcoming Christian life but he didn't say you can enter it. Then, verse 4, look at this. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Can you just imagine Jesus? He takes a deep breath. Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water, and spirit, notice spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So the opposite of verse 5 is water baptism and spirit bat baptism allows you to enter the overcoming Christian life. How important is water baptism and Holy Spirit baptism? How important is that? Is then you will begin to enter into the victory. You will begin entering into the power and the victory of what God has set apart for you and for me. So what God has planned for every one of us, whatever your personality is, wherever you've been, how long you've been saved or, or how short that you've been saved, the reality is, is that Jesus Christ is Lord, and he has given us the instruction and the commandment to be water baptized with the understanding of what water baptism is. It's the cutting of the flesh. It is, is dying with Christ, and when you raise up in new life in Christ, you are saying, and the power that is in you is to be able to cut off your flesh. The flesh is there, but it has no power over you. Water baptism doesn't get you saved. It's a confession of Jesus Christ. You believe, and then you receive him by saying, Lord, with all that I am, 
I believe that you are the Christ. Now I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. Amen. For the next decade, this will be our focus at Valley Community Church. We will focus on getting people born again. We will focus on, we will name names in our neighborhood. And we'll say, Lord, I'm going to stalk them spiritually. Amen. Now, every one of you, if you're listening to this on the computer, you know what I mean by that. You're not physically stalking them, emotionally stalking them. You are in the power of the Holy Spirit, praying and stopping demonic forces that they would see Christ. Amen? Genesis 12, 1. Let me show you how important water baptism is, and I'll show you the three baptisms in the Old Testament. Notice a type. Notice a type. It's not something that manifests, but it is a type of what was to come in the New Testament. Genesis 12, verse 1. Get out of your country, Abraham, from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. It represents salvation in Abram's life. God called him out of the world and said, be a separate people. And he made him a nation, Israel. That's a type of salvation. You are no longer, uh, you know, you're a citizen of heaven now. You are born again, you are a citizen of heaven. Genesis 15, 17. How many of you enjoying this? Isn't this good stuff? And it came to pass, when the sun went down and it was dark, that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. Now, what happened here was was that God made a covenant with Abraham. It was God's covenant, okay? God made a covenant with Abraham. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. This represents water baptism. What do you mean by that? Why? There was a cutting away of the flesh and a passing through. There was a cutting away of the flesh and a passing through. That's what water baptism. It is a cutting away that you die with Christ and then you raise up in new life. That there's that cutting away, spiritual cutting away of your flesh. That the old man has no place in your life anymore. Even though it's there, has no place in your life. You make a choice. I cut that away. I renew my mind to the word of God. I stand in front of people and I say, there is a cutting away. And the stuff that I had problems with in the past, I no longer will have that problem because I choose to die with Christ and to raise up in that new life. Water baptism is powerful. It represents water baptism there in verse 17. It's a type. Why? Again, there was a cutting away of the flesh and a passing through. You find that again, Romans 6. Write this in your notes. I didn't put it in your notes. Romans 6 in Colossians chapter 2. It talks about a cutting away of the flesh. Romans 6 and Colossians chapter 2. Now, there was another time God saved his people by the blood of the lamb. Remember the blood on the doorpost? 
and they were delivered from Egypt. And then God cut something for them to pass through. What did God cut? The Red Sea. When they were delivered from Egypt, he cut the Red Sea. The Red Sea was open, and they were able to walk through the Red Sea. And so what we find there is another type of this water baptism. Matter of fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 literally talks about it, verse 1 and 2. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. There it is again. But pastor, I was raised that the Holy Spirit, that's weird stuff. Matter of fact, it's of the devil. No, it's not. It's of God. That's why a lot of people struggle in life because they don't walk in the power that is there when you are water baptized and you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. What's been really exciting is that just, I've done this on purpose, is What's really exciting is people are being baptized in the Holy Spirit right now. They're out in the courtyard, in meetings, uh, all over now. People are being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Why? Why is that? Well, because they finally got it together. No. They finally believe. No. But they understand it. That it's a gift of God. It's not anything weird. It's not anything that you, you know, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got I to gotta fast for 500 days. I got to do this. I got to crawl on my knees. I got I got to be spiritual. I can't have one argument in 2 months. <laughs> water baptism. By the way, in what's in your notes, by the way in water baptism, the old man is left in the water. And when you go back to the story of the Red Sea, they crossed and the enemy was left in the water or cut off. Do you see the power of water baptism? See, he talks about that in Corinthians, about the baptism in Moses, and when they went through the Red Sea, what, what is the water baptism? It is a cutting off. It is, is a, I'm going to say covenantal, it is a cutting off of literally what that old man, that, that stuff, your past, the guilt, the condemnation, the, the hell that you've gone through in your life. And I'm getting really serious here because I've sensed the Holy Spirit just really cutting away at all that junk, all that religious junk. And there is, there is revelation that's happening, and I want you to understand, especially you students, especially you teachers, especially those that are in the educational system, you begin to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. You begin to understand cutting away that flesh. There is nothing that you cannot do. It's just like the Tower of Babel. God says, I'm going to go and confuse their language because they are of one language, they are of one purpose, and they can do anything they want to do. Amen. Because that was God's initial plan for mankind with Adam and Eve. And so what we find here, uh, church family, is 
that we're, we're going to see a, a mighty move of God. We're going to see not only the miraculous, but you know what's going to excite me? Is I'm going to see spiritual blessings manifest in your homes. I'm going to see you walking in the blessings of the Lord, not because, you know, God does some mighty miracle. And he does. He does them. He still will. But many of you, again, as we talked about this, many of you have realized when you first got saved, it seemed like it happened all the time, some type of miracle in your finances and everything you're doing. Now that you have matured in the Word of God, you're not seeing as many miracles. Why is that? Because God planned for you to be saved, baptized in water, filled with the Holy Spirit, so that you can walk and enter into the kingdom of God. Not only see it being born again, but enter into it because you've been water baptized and baptized in the Holy Spirit, and now you enter into God's blessings. The enemy comes up like a flood. God raises up a standard. How's that standard is set up? It's not that God just stands there, no, you can't. You cannot pass, you know, that movie. Anyways, you, you get to that... You get to that place in your life where you walk in that blessing. Nothing can hinder you. Nothing. Why? Because you're not only spiritually mature and you know the word and you're constantly getting in the word. That's why we ask you to journal. That's why we ask you to go to OSL. That's why we ask you to go to ladies and the men's meetings. Why is that? To, to attend church, be faithful to church. And if you feel sick, unless the doctor told you to stay home, come to church. Why? Because we pray for the sick. Amen. You walk in that. The Bible says that we are to go and be with one another. And when we are with one another in agreement, unity, there's healing. It's not just physical healing. It's all kinds of avenues of healing in our lives because we come together agreeing and worshiping with God and agreeing in the Word of God. That's what church is about. And, you know, we can either make church boring or we can have a purpose of why we go to church. The Bible says that my job as a pastor is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Amen. We laugh. We cry. We share, we struggle at times, you know, we're out in the courtyard or doing something and someone's personality is not so nice that day. You know, we, we have stuff that goes on. Why? Because we are people and with people, things do happen. But the greatest part of it, if you're anointed of the Holy Spirit and you're walking in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that these things don't hinder you. We no longer have a territorial spirit. We no longer walk around and say, this is my ministry. This is my seat. I don't like that wafer. I like this wafer for communion. Now, you know, let me, let me tell you what happened one time is, I'm going to tell you. You're going you're to be with me for another 10 minutes. Is we were struggling because there was just a time frame in our church here years ago that during communion, we were really trying to make it to where, you know, 
fill the cups halfway, you know, do everything we can so there's no spillage. Well, our pews, our floors, everything just, you know, from coffee to whatever, just messes everything up. So we're constantly cleaning and, you know, so we thought, hmm, what can we do? So Pastor Bradford got an idea. He said, well, why don't we use white grape juice? Okay, let's use white grape juice. You know how many people got upset? It doesn't look like blood. You know? And, and so, you know, so we went back after about a month. We said, we're going back to red grape juice. Just get more cleaning material, you know, as people spill. So, so you know, and, and stuff goes on in church. Amen. But if we are w- walking in the Holy Spirit, walking in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the power that the flesh is cut off, that when stuff goes awry, we don't have a problem with it. We just love people. Why? Because we are created in the image of God and we love. Why? Because we're created in love. Amen? That wasn't in my notes, but I thought that was pretty good. Anyways, <laughs> you need to get water baptized. The enemy is left in the water. So right after crossing the Red Sea, the cloud descended on them. The cloud represents symbol type of the Spirit of God. Then God, watch this, what happens. This is so cool. Then God writes the Ten Commandments. Remember that? He gives them the Ten Commandments, the law, and when he does that, 3,000 people die. Remember that story? 3,000 people die. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes, writes the law on their hearts, on our hearts, and 3,000 people get saved. Dead in Christ, raise up in new life. I think some of you should just say, wow. Because, you know, people have been water baptized and and it didn't mean a thing. Power. Well, spirit baptism is with Abraham too in Genesis 17, 5. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name, this is so cool, this is awesome. But your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Watch what happens. God added a letter to Abram's name. It was H, Abraham. The equivalent of the English letter H in Hebrew equals spirit. Your name will be Abraham. God breathed in him. A type of spirit baptism. You think that's pretty cool. Look at verse 15. There in Genesis 17. Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. What letter was added? H. Type of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit baptism is real. I want you to realize how amazing this life is. 
We had someone this past week that was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and she'd been wanting it for years. <laughs> yeah. It just really comes to a place where you say, this is, this is real. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all, that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. Verse 2, all were baptized into Moses, Israel's type of Christ, salvation. That's what Moses was, was a type of Christ. Israel's type of Christ, salvation, in the cloud, a type of the Spirit, and in the sea, a type of water baptism. Every area of your life and mine will be totally transformed when we become born again, when we are water baptized with full instruction and understanding of what it is, and we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's power. Let's all stand.